Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert, the burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. Isaiah's vision falls on the heels of what he had seen for the punishment of the destruction of the people of Israel. All of the things that they had been relying on, all the things that they had held to had been taken away. The false gods that they had been worshiping and the provision that God had provided in abundance dried up. The fertile fields had turned into a wilderness. The cities with strong walls had had their walls taken down. And no one could hear and understand and appreciate the word of the Lord. Even all the way to Isaiah's first call, when he was there being commissioned by the Lord in the temple, he said, Keep preaching to this people. And Isaiah responded, how long? How long will I be bringing the word of the Lord to these people? He said, keep bringing it because their ears are dull and their eyes cannot see. And keep bringing it because the word of the Lord has to be fulfilled. Isaiah now sees near the end of the first section of his vision. He now sees that the arrival of the Lord himself, the arrival of the Lord's Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, brings the fulfillment that this people and all people need. Their eyes will be opened, their ears unstopped, the mute being able to speak and the uh, the lame leap like the deer. All of these signs and wonders were promised by Isaiah in fulfillment to the fact that we so often are dull-witted, dull-minded, closed ears, closed eyes. And every, every place where the Lord would knock to try to get access into the heart and mind to to reshape it according to his word and will, to bring the promises of a new creation to fulfillment, every point of, uh, of access into our mind and soul and heart seemed to be closed off and locked away. These signs and wonders harken back to some of the things that God has already shown his people. For example, when they were traveling in the wilderness and came across a, a spring of, of, uh, of water that was completely salty, they drank of it. They complained about the Lord that they had been fooled, that this was like uh, worse than a mirage because 
because here was water, but it was uh, unpotable. They weren't able to drink it. And so the Lord turns that water by the hand of Moses so that it becomes sweet again, so that they can drink it. And on another occasion, when there is no water to be found anywhere, the Lord commands water to come out even from a rock, that that rock would be the, the source of life for them and that the, uh, the water would give them life. And in each of those cases, the, the place where there was no hope at all, the place where there was no uh, recognition that God could save, that the way was closed, that the pathway was stopped, and that the people were going to be finally in want for the, for the, for the, uh, for the time being, that they were going to die there in the wilderness, that, the, that there was no way forward. God provides that way. The burning sand becomes a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. See, whenever there seems to be this uh, moment of, of darkness, a moment where there's, there's nothing more to be done, where it seems like we truly are at the end of our rope, where everything has been accomplished that can be, but no results are there to be found, God promises that he is still, still working. He's never stopped. And he will cause that way to be opened. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong and fear not, for the Lord will come and he will fix it. Well, anxiety is another, another drawback, isn't it? Another drawback of being a fallen human being. It's just there. Anxiousness, timidity, uh, being afraid, first of all, perhaps of the dark, but then of so many other things, and of so many other things that uh, we can hardly find names for sometimes. Fear seems to paralyze and, uh, and grab hold of us in such a way that but we, we can't see God working any longer. It grabs hold of hearts and it grabs hold of minds and it, it makes us uh, hide ourselves away. And worse than that, it, it even causes us to hide away the things that are most prized and cherished by us. Because fear is the main impediment to bringing the word of the Lord to anyone else. We're afraid of what's going to happen. We're afraid because our faith and trust is, uh, is in how well we're going to say it, or perhaps in how well we're going to explain ourselves, or in whether or not we can figure out the right answers to their questions. We come up with all kinds of fearful things and fearful reasons why we should not, why we are unfit or un, unready, unprepared. All the reasons that, uh, that we have are all looking forward to us as the answer to uh, whatever the question is that uh, this person in front of us is going to ask. But of course, God is the answer. It's his word and his presence that's going to open their eyes. In fact, one of the things that we ought to find and know that we can trust in, that uh, the Lord has been calling this person to 
life and love and repentance in him and has been calling the world since the very beginning. Our word is one among many words that the Holy Spirit is using to work his will and word in a person's heart and mind. Even though they've been closed for so long, the Lord promises that as he arrives to and for them, that he will open their eyes, he will open their ears. They will become new people. They will be part of his new creation by that very word. And they'll be refreshed by the living water that he himself provides. The eyes that Isaiah was hoping to have opened were that they would see the things that God was doing and that seeing would lead them to trust. And the ears that Isaiah was, see, uh, was, was seeing and preaching into over and over again being so dulled and so uh, unwilling to listen that they would hear, O Israel, that the Lord their God, the Lord is one, that that hearing would lead to faith that that hearing would lead to trust, and that that trust, that faith, would lead to hope, renewed hope in Christ, the renewed hope in the God of Israel who had shared his life and love and promises with them. So as the Lord promises to turn back all of the closed-off people, closed off hearts and minds, closed off eyes and ears, muted tongues and uh, crippled legs, all of these signs of sin and brokenness, all of these uh, uh, expressions on the outside of the original sin on the inside, God will reverse. God will save. He will announce his judgment. He will announce his salvation. And all of these things will be rolled away. And so in his ministry, Jesus does these very things to give us confidence that not only does he do, does the outside job, but he is doing the inside job as well. What do I mean by that? It's not just about the organs on the outside. And it's not just about being able to see clearly what's coming ahead of us, or even to be able to speak of, of general things, to be able to speak at all, but to be able to see in the world the working out of God's own will, to be able to hear intently the word that the Lord provides when he preaches to us and to our hearts and minds by his scripture, and to speak the things of God. When Jesus unwraps the tongues of uh, his people. They are given to proclaim the praises of God among the nations. Think of, think of Moses, who was, who was uh, slow of speech and slow of tongue. And yet by the end of ministry with his people to, uh, to Israel, he is preaching chapter after chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, so that the tongue would be completely unloosed and set free to announce the word of the Lord and to, to provide the, the guidance for how life in the presence of God was going to be accomplished so fully and completely and abundantly. 
or for Peter, <laughs> for Peter, who so often in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is sticking his foot in his mouth on more occasions than not. After the resurrection of Jesus and the provision of God's Holy Spirit, is preaching clearly and powerfully as he shares the word of the Lord with Jews and Gentiles alike, so that every nation, every nation, might hear and know and see and, and uh, believe and even run after the promises of God because they had been freed, brought into uh, the Lord's new creation. Keep preaching, Isaiah, because the Lord promises the fulfillment of all that you need. Yes, there will be a time of dullness, and that will lead to, to judgment. But when the Lord Jesus arrives, all of the effects of the brokenness of sin will be rolled away, cast aside, set forth as a, a new creation. He will come to save you. And in his saving, all of these gifts come flowing. And so Jesus, in his own ministry, does these very things, not even just among the people of Israel, but also out and about among the nations, so that the, all of us get a clear appreciation of the fact that he's not just thinking small, he's thinking big. He's not just ministering small to just a few, but he's ministering big. And so going into Tyre and Sidon, the places where historically uh, God's people had been oppressed by Phoenicia, he goes there himself, finds there a woman who has uh, uh, got a daughter possessed of a demon and uh, reminds her of his mission to the uh, people of Israel, but she reminds him that he is Lord of all. And if there's going to be any salvation at all, it's going to have to come from him. And as her faith clings to our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus opens the doors of this, uh, this prayer to be answered so that she could see in very real terms that her faith in him was not in vain, that her trust in him was fulfilled. That just what she had hoped for, just what he had uh, was able to provide, what he knew that what she knew that he could give, he opens his hand to give. Her daughter is well. The demon is gone. The Lord of both heaven and earth, and even the master of all things, he is able to save. And so he does. And this man who has uh, got the ears stopped and the tongue so tightly tied, there in the Decapolis, there in the Gentile regions to the far side of the Jordan River, Jesus finds him and speaks to him so that he might hear and understand and know and believe that God is good. When the Lord comes with his vengeance against all evil, when the Lord comes with his vengeance against the work of Satan, when the Lord comes with vengeance against the sin that clings so closely against us, 
and against the false words that would describe him in ways that he would not recognize, the ways that uh, God himself would not proclaim. When all of those things come, then God speaks a word of truth so that he might come and save us. That word of truth is Jesus Christ himself. And so the anxious need not be fearful any longer, for the Lord of all has come to provide them his strength, his peace. Fear not. In the promises of God and in his hope and in his life, we rest. Amen.